morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you, dear listeners. Welcome to Floaters. How have you been, listeners? How's life treating you? It's uh, still lockdown here in the UK, and I found a new project to keep myself busy, which is reworking my bedroom, redoing the bedroom. And to be honest, this is something I've been avoiding since I moved back here over a year ago now, and uh, my mum and sisters have been pushing for it. And I will just say as well that they are pros. My sisters and my mother are pros at organising, sorting. This is a gene that I definitely missed out on, and they do this sort of thing for fun. For fun. Now, I guess I just thought I was avoiding doing all this work because I thought I'm not I'm not going to be here that long. There's no point. I'm not going to be here that long. And, uh, well, here I still am. So I've finally given in and I've started going through things and boy, oh boy, is it boring. It's so boring. The more I go through things, the more there is to chuck, sort, replace, fix, donate. And while it's necessary, the process so far it sparks no joy. No joy. But do you know what does spark joy? This here episode. Ooh, there's a segue. Chosen chatting subjects are home, identity, diaspora, and allow me to introduce my guests. Today they are May, Amy, and Ella, who are the hosts of the fabulous Talk Like an Egyptian podcasts. They are sisters of Egyptian British heritage. And as we've seen with the Lunga Chronicles, not one experience in a family is the same. And these ladies are no exception. I had so much fun talking to them. They've got such a cool vibe. They're really lovely. And I really hope you have fun listening. Okay, on with the podcast. Very exciting. First time this has happened. We're having a, a group conversation today, a good old group chat. And I don't know if you guys want to just go, um, we can probably start with whoever's the oldest um, to introduce yourself, just so we can get to know your voice and where you're broadcasting from. Okay. Yep. So I'm the oldest of the three of us. My name is May and I'm currently in Rome, Italy, where I've spent the past year. Um, it's not as fun as it sounds when it's in lockdown. Um, but yeah, I'm May. I'm the middle one. I'm Amy. Um, I'm broadcasting here from London. I live here with my partner. Um, and yeah. And I'm the baby, Ella, and I'm broadcasting from <laughs> Liverpool, the best city in the world. <laughs> Excellent. I'm so pleased to have you guys. And um, so for this particular podcast, I always start with the same question, which is, where did you grow up? And I don't know who would like to take the reins from here. So I guess it's the same for all of us. So we grew up in Egypt. We were all born in the UK. Um, so every time my mom was pregnant, came to the UK, um, had us and then went straight back to Egypt. Um, but then we ended up moving to the UK in 2005. So I would have been 13. So I had a very different experience from Amy, who was 10, and Ella, who was four. So yeah, we grew up in Egypt, but grew up in, in the UK as well. If, if you're four when you move, it's a, it's a very different experience. Probably worth mentioning that our mum is British and our dad's Egyptian. Um, and they actually met while our mum was studying abroad because she studied Arabic at uni and she went and did a year abroad in Egypt, met my dad. 
our dad sorry and then just stayed there and yeah started a family there but then came back to have us yeah and also I grew up a bit in Hong Kong I was the only one that did that but I lived there for about five years oh cool so how come you were in Hong Kong um so basically our dad got a job there when I was 14 May had finished uni and Bames was still in uni um I think um so I moved over with mum and dad and we stayed there for a few years um with my Amy in England and I was over there oh wow yeah our dad actually moved on my 19th birthday it was literally my birthday oh my <laughs> god oh my god I bet you had some words with him about that yeah yeah well yeah I yeah I feel like something major always happens on my birthday do you feel that <laughs> You're playing it so cool, Bames. You were so middle child about it. <laughs> you were like, <laughs> my birthday. Even though it's not, it's not true. They don't always move to Hong Kong on his birthday. <laughs> no, I, I remember though, I'd got like um, a piercing the day before and I remember having to hug him goodbye and I was like, oh my God, like I've got a piercing and this is going to be really painful to hug him goodbye, like physically painful because <laughs> of where my piercing was. And I remember just being worried about that and him not finding out the piercing and then he moved and I was like, okay, cool. He's not going to find out about this piercing. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, I mean, but, so how did you guys like split your time then? Did you find yourself moving between like... Uh, how did you find the sort of adjustment period between going between like Egypt and, and Britain? Um, we, we talk about this a lot because it sounds like we all had very different experiences. Like when we found out we were moving to the UK, I was so excited um, because we'd been to the UK on holiday. And I remember you just imagine it's going to be like that all the time until you move and realize the weather's miserable and, and it's just not the same. But I didn't love it because I moved into year nine. It wasn't the funnest time. It was a very big school, lots of new people. But I think Amy and I had different experiences to me. Yeah, so I moved when... Uh, I was 10. I remember just being really, really upset about it because I really had my life sorted at 10 in Egypt and I had like my group of friends and I remember the way like our parents broke it to us. It wasn't great. I mean, they didn't really break it to us. I overheard my mum talking about it and that's how I found out, which wasn't great. Um, but then when we did move, I ended up having a really fun time at school because I went into middle school um, and they're really nice. They set you up like a buddy and stuff. But I went down and played the culture shock. It was a massive culture shock. Um, so yeah, there was adjustment. Oh yeah, I bet for sure. And I mean, for me, I was completely fine. I was four years old. I had no idea what was going on. Um, I had one memory from Egypt, which was waiting myself, waiting for the school bus. Um, so I didn't feel like too attached to the place. So I had a great time in England. I could speak a bit of Arabic. Everyone loved it. Yeah, it was fine. I was just going to add really quickly, I, I, when we lived in Egypt, I assumed we'd be there for the rest of our lives. Like we never imagined we'd move. We were just so set in Egypt. And usually the school we went to, you go from like, I don't know, year one all the way through to just about going to university. So I really had no idea or didn't even imagine ever moving. So it was really, that was a big shock. Just suddenly being like, oh, we're, we're moving and we no longer will, you know, be friends with people we knew in year one all the way through to whatever. So, but I guess for Ella when you're four, she just started school, so she, like she said, she didn't have connections. <laughs> yeah, and I, I bet after you know the experience that you remember in Egypt, you were like, "Well, the only way is up from here." That was my exact feelings. Yeah. <laughs> so, how did you guys? Have you are you guys like still in touch with some friends from Egypt still? Yeah, I mean, I think so. When we first moved, we came back a year later. 
And we were so excited because a year is enough time to kind of, you know, still be in touch with your friends. I remember sending emails because Facebook wasn't really a thing. And then we had, we had new clothes. That's always such a big deal. Like you go back to your friends with all the new things you bought. And that was a really good summer. But then we didn't end up going back for another five years after that. So I think we've both got a couple of friends. I think some of us are better connected than others, but you, I don't know, it's been 15 years now. So I really have very, very few friends out there still, um, but I make new ones. Yeah, probably in touch like on social media with a couple of friends. I remember seeing though um, this summer, one of my friends from school got married in Egypt and she invited a lot of people from like uh, school, from like our class, primary class, because they all just moved, like Mai said, from primary class up to like uni all together. So they all became like this clique. And I wasn't there and I was like, oh, and I wouldn't be able to go anyway because of COVID. But it's, yeah, it's a bit weird to see their life just moved on, like, because they all just progressed together. And I mean, for me, I was too young. I don't remember anything like my family, our family, um, like (laughs) tell me about all the friends that I had. And I just, apparently I was popular, but I'm not in touch with anyone. I don't know anyone. Well, it's good you remember the important things actually about your experience there. So that, that that's good at least. That's <laughs> no, well, what's your um, what's your relationship like with your with your Egyptian family? Then are you quite close? Um, yeah, I'm. I it, yeah, we are. Like, I mean, when we were growing up, we were really really close to our Egyptian cousins because we saw them every summer without fail. Um, and Egyptian families are quite close. Like, you don't really. If you, you don't really get a say in the matter, you are close to your Egyptian family. We speak, we have phone calls with them and stuff. Um, but I think again, because we moved a while back and we don't see them as often as we do. When we see them, it's lovely and it's great, but we don't really keep in touch as, as often as, we, as we'd like. And then now our, I'd say like our, our lives match more with our English family rather than Egyptian family. Would you guys agree? Yeah. Yeah. And like, we were really close growing up as kids, but I think, so they are Egyptian cousins actually grew up in Saudi Arabia. So they had like very different upbringing to us. And now our life is just very different to theirs. I would say like culturally, like, yeah. So my moves around all the time and like even me living with my partner and Ella, you know, living in a house share university is very different culturally to them. So I think we've grown apart of it, obviously. Mm. And um, for things like uh, university and stuff, um, did you guys end up staying in the UK for that? Or is, is that where your travels have taken you all over the place? Um, yeah, we all ended up staying. I mean, it was a lot to do with like having access to student loans and stuff. Um, That's a big I, thing, isn't it? <laughs> I, I, yeah, because yeah. I think if, we, if that wasn't an issue, I, can't, I, I don't know where we'd all be. <laughs> um, but I think I moved to the UK at 13, so it was five years just before applying to university, which is the minimum you need to be a home student in the UK. So it was definitely going to be the UK, but I ended up going to Nottingham University like in particular because they had a campus in Malaysia. So my plan was to get as far away as possible <laughs> from home for some reason. Um, so I ended up doing that. Um, but yeah, we all went to university in the UK, but far from where our parents are. I don't know if that's a coincidence or on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, each time my child went to uni, we happened to just go further away from home. And I've won being the most North in Liverpool. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm in my second year. I would love to do a year abroad because um, I'm because of third year. But with all things going on, I don't think that's likely. But I definitely plan to go traveling at least after uni or something. Yeah, I think 
especially with lockdown, everyone is fantasizing about all the different holidays and trips that they're going to take afterwards. I mean, I know I am for sure. I'm like envisaging a beach somewhere, like really clear sea. Like that is my like tip top sort of holiday destination for sure. I mean, and how are you guys coping though with, with lockdown? And like, I don't know, when was the last time you guys saw each other? So we were lucky enough. Yeah, we were lucky enough to see each other over Christmas because um, it worked out that way. So I, I'm also a student part time, so I was allowed to go home as well. And yeah, Ella got to go home and then May got to come home as well. Um, but yeah, lo- yeah, lockdown was hard. Lockdown is hard. I know I was planning to go to Egypt last year, but we couldn't go. And I know May's planning a trip soon, hopefully, fingers crossed. But I think um, when I look back at last year, I think I spent more time with you guys than I normally do. Because whenever I came back to quarantine, <laughs> so usually when I come back, it's for like a weekend or like a quick visit. But I, I had to quarantine so many times and you yeah, ended up getting stuck a few times as well. Um, so, yeah, I think last year I spent more time at home, especially with mom and dad, than, than for a long time. Yeah. All right. Don't sound too happy about it. It was lovely. <laughs> You, you are lucky to be stuck with us. But yeah, I think we actually managed to see each other fine. I think it worked out all right. We always manage summers and Christmases. That's our like family thing. We always come together those two times. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I always say like, whatever happens, summer and Christmas, we all have to meet up. Otherwise, we'd never see each other. Yeah, that's a good plan, actually, especially if you guys like your studies and your work is taking you all over the place. Like, it's definitely good to have those those times. Like in my family, Christmas is the big thing. Like we've all got to be there at least, you know, for a few days over Christmas. And luckily we were the same. Like we all managed to all congregate for Christmas. And um, but yeah, I've seen a lot more of my sisters this year than I I normally (laughs) would do, which has been super weird. But also, I guess it's been okay. I mean, I, I guess on the whole, do you guys get along mostly? Or was that a yes. super awkward yeah. question to ask you right now? <laughs> no, we actually I would say we were really close. Yeah. yeah, and I find it annoying because yeah. we're like really close. And I, when I talk to people and friends, I'm like, my sisters are my best friends. <laughs> so <laughs> you have to be third. Like you'll never be number one or two on my list. So yeah. <laughs> No, that's that's yeah. pretty good actually. That's a bit better situation I think than with me and my sisters. But maybe we're we're more stubborn. We are very stubborn people. I think maybe that's where <laughs> that's where we fall down. Um, but how what we you with, uh, sorry? How is it with you and your sisters? Where are they? Are you also spread out or how? Well, that? we usually really are. But um, my younger sister right now is in Edinburgh, and my older sister is 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 here and um and that's weird as well because yeah like even at boarding school we were like we might have been at the same school but we were always in like different boarding houses so we were kind of like in and out of each other's lives in terms of that and then also traveling together when we were traveling home then all of a sudden it was like intense family time we are hanging out there was no one else because we didn't have friends in the countries that our parents were living in so we didn't go to school there so we were like it's just us we better get on with it lots of fights in between but you know I think I think we managed okay I mean um how are you guys are you guys quite good at traveling together these days yeah I think we have very different styles um but I think they work well I mean what sisters don't fight (laughs) why why are you looking at me like that Ella what do you think (laughs) I think I 
um, a great sister. It's always these two that bash heads. It's always. They are the only ones that argue, which I find ridiculous because they're quite a lot older than me and I find it funny. You know what I mean? Like you're like sisters in their 20s, argue with each other and you're just you're just vibing in the background. So that's <laughs> the position I would say, personally. I mean, yeah. I don't know if you want to comment on that, May. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm trying to think back. The last time we did a holiday together was when you guys came to Rome in the summer last year. And oh, gosh. Pretty much, like, fall into our role. So I was in charge and, like, planning things. Amy also plans things. So that's why we both end up clashing. The only reason Ella doesn't get involved in fights is because she doesn't do anything. <laughs> there. It's true. It's true. We are natural leaders, aren't we? And that does... Because oh. the thing is, when you moved away to uni, like, I became the oldest. And you, like, moved away and, like, started travelling everywhere. So I became, like, the oldest child. So I was like, okay, cool. I can really, you know, relax into this role. And then you came back. <laughs> What's that about? <laughs> Good point. <laughs> well, actually, May, what's what's taken you to Rome then? What what are you up to there? Um, I am a humanitarian engineer, so I I work in like whatever in the humanitarian um, sector, and uh, my base is Rome actually. And normally I would travel. So when I first moved to Rome, I think I spent in a whole year. I probably spent a month in Rome, and the rest of the time I spent in Bangladesh. And last year should have been the same, but it. But I've been in Rome because, yeah, we're supporting remotely instead. But yeah, I'm a humanitarian engineer and work for an agency that's based in Rome. Um, and yeah, but otherwise I just travel on my own usually. Um, but this was my dream job and I finally got it. And then this happened and I don't get to travel as much as I, <laughs> as I wanted to. God, I mean, yeah, good old Miss Rona going and, uh, you know, had other plans for all of us, apparently, didn't she? Um, but that's awesome. Congratulations on getting your dream job like that. That's big. And um, and how are you finding it, like living in Rome? Are you enjoying it? And how's your Italian? <laughs> My Italian is not good. I can do like the basic, I know all the foods I like, and I think that's the most important thing. Um, but I, I, cause I thought it was, because I'm really restless, I don't really stay in places that long. And I didn't plan to be in Italy this long. And if I did, it was only going to be a base. So I didn't think it was worth learning Italian, but that was a mistake. So I'm learning Italian this year. Um, but living in Rome is, it's not been great last year. Cause at some point we were like the hotspot of Corona. Um, but normally it's really nice. The food is amazing. The weather is great. I just think it would be better if I spoke Italian actually. <laughs> Well, Amy and Ella, do you enjoy the fact that your sister lives in Rome and you can just go and visit her and sponge off all the all the lovely things that come with that? Yes. When we visited, the number one thing I wanted to do was eat, and we definitely did that. Oh, the pastas, the pizzas. Oh, it was incredible. I loved it. The morning coffee with your little like croissant. Mm, delicious. I say the food. I mean, also seeing Mai was really nice. I enjoyed that as well. But eating was lovely and it's great that we can go anytime <laughs> i think you have to ask my first <laughs> no. No. i did say you could just turn up actually that's a very egyptian thing so yeah you're very welcome so exactly. are you, if you're ever in rome let me know oh my god like don't ask me twice <laughs> I, I will be there <laughs> i need it definitely you're very welcome <laughs> well um and how is your like um how's your arabic guys are you guys all fluent then do we start from fluent to less fluent or <laughs> I can start um so being four moving naturally um I wasn't raised with it as much like our dad speaks Arabic to us 
and our mum speaks English, but like everyone understands everything. Uh, but like the three of us speak English to each other. And also growing up in like English schools, um, Arabic wasn't really spoken too much. So I'd say I can understand quite a lot my speaking. They say I have uh, like an off Egyptian accent when I speak, which is a bit rude, um, but I can't read or write it. So, but I can get, I can get by. I think I could convince someone I was a local if I tried really hard. Yeah, fair. I mean, I left when I was 10. So my Arabic is like frozen at 10 year old level. Um, Because we kind of just say the same thing over and over again to dad, don't we? Like, how are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Yeah, well, could you pass the butter or something? I don't know. (laughs) Um, But yeah, actually in Egypt, we did go to a French school. So I think for most of our upbringing, uh, French was our first language. Is that fair, mate? For me and you, for sure. And then Arabic was our second. And then English was our third. Or do you think Arabic was our first, French was our second? I definitely think in like everyday life, Arabic was definitely our first. Like we only interacted in Arabic with people. Like imagine like, even I I remember not being, I don't really remember speaking English to mum, but like Arabic was definitely like, we spoke in the playground, everywhere you went, it was definitely Arabic. But in school, French was also a first language. And then English was was a second. So I would say, Outside of school, Arabic is a first language. In school, Arabic and French is a first and English is a second. Mm. And I'd like to add that I got the bad end of the stick because I don't speak any French. And these two are fluent in French oh. to do at school. And it's very frustrating. I speak, I'd say, one and a half languages. And they're there with three. But it's okay. It's all good. Mm. That's not bad going, though. You know, I mean, some people, there are some people out there who can't even speak one. So, you know, that's not bad. Exactly. <laughs> Why are my messing? Ain't high, Well Well, if it makes you feel any better, Ella, as well. I mean, my German, considering my mom, my my own mother's German, it's it's not that great. It's my other sisters who are definitely making me look a fool. To be honest with you, I think it's very inconsiderate of them. To be fair, to be that good at German, but you know, at least I can get by. I think I'm the same with you, like in terms of Arabic. Like I can understand the majority of what's going on, and I'm sure, like if you were like left left to your own devices in Egypt, I'm sure you'd get by, right? Yeah, surely. <laughs> so what, I was going to ask as well, when you guys moved to the UK, whereabouts did you move? We moved to Hertfordshire. Oh, Hertfordshire. Okay. Okay. Um, and what was that like, like going from, because Hertfordshire, from what I know, it's a lot of countryside. Um, so we moved to Hertfordshire because our grandparents lived there. So our, our mum's parents had already settled down there for a few years. And I think mum went to school there at some point in her life as well because she moved around all over the place because our granddad was in the RAF. Um, But yeah, we just ended up there. And yes, like you said, a lot of countryside. Um, I think there's like one time of year where it all smells like fertiliser. It was very weird. It was very new, very hilly, very green. I don't know. Do you remember like the England smell when you get off the plane in England? Like it's very, such a distinct smell. And I just remember that because we used to come here every summer. It's wet grass. The distinct smell is wet grass. I've, I've realised. <laughs> yes, yes. No, definitely a culture shock. Like, and so, like, it was very green. I feel like Cairo is yellow because the lights are all yellow and it's all like sandy and dusty. Then you come to England and it's like green. Is that, is that how you see it, mate? Yeah, it's definitely a different colour palette for sure, I imagine. Um, and that was my next question, actually. So you guys were, are you from Cairo then? Yeah, yeah, we actually, so dad's from, I used to family from Alexandria on the North Coast, and we lived there for a little bit when I was very small. I think when Amy was maybe two or three, we then moved to Cairo, so Ella wasn't around then. But um, yeah, I think we moved to Cairo about 
when I was five. Um, but we very much went between Cairo and Alexandria. Um, so we think we're from Cairo, but our family's from Alexandria. So. <laughs> and, um, and are you guys lucky enough to have dual citizenship? Are you those fortunate people? Yes. Yeah, do you know what's really lucky? Because actually on my job, my contract finishes and there's a ban on flights between the UK and Italy, but I have to go back to my home country to start my new contract. So I can go to Egypt, which is really lucky. Otherwise I would have had to try and find a way back to the UK or stay in Italy in lockdown. So um, yeah, thank goodness for dual citizenship. Oh my God, that is amazing. You have no idea how jealous I am. My parents did not have any foresight whatsoever. So I've just got the British one. Well, that's all I've got to go on, but uh, not a great time to be British either. <laughs> yeah. it's a shame. You had such good passports as well that you could have collected. It's not too late. Go get them. You have yeah. to get passport potentially. <laughs> oh my God. Right. Like I just need to, maybe it's also a bit of laziness on my part. Maybe I'm just like, it's so much paperwork. It takes so long, but you know, I'm sure it'll be worth it in the end. I mean, yeah. Um, but what were you guys all like as uh, as teenagers then growing up? How did you find the changes from one culture to the next and, and growing up like yeah during your formative years? Um, should we start with who would like to go first? Maybe Ella? Me. I'll start. Um, so mine's a bit different to the other two because when I was 14, I moved to Hong Kong. So I consider my like most important like teenagers um, in Hong Kong. And I really, really enjoyed it. I was like, Amy, I did not want to move at all. Like there was a point where my best friend's parents even offered to like, let me stay at their house for like the two years that my parents were going to go. But mum and dad forced me to go and it was like the best decision ever. I met so many people, I've made so many friends. So I really enjoyed my teenagers. I mean, I'm still in my teenagers, I'm 19, um, but it's going pretty well. Um, I wouldn't say there was like a culture shock. It was just really interesting. And I got to like meet other kids who were like had other nationalities because Hertfordshire was quite British, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll go. I'll go next. I mean, I feel like my formative years were definitely like rebellious. I I, I think I'm the rebellious one in the family. Uh, a lot of arguments with uh, our dad, the Egyptian side. Um, yeah, maybe I'll leave it at that. Just really rebellious. <laughs> It's a middle child thing. Yeah, yep. it really is. <laughs> That's what we, yeah, we're just going to blame it on that. Because I'm not the middle child. I, I was like the opposite of, of Amy. I don't think I had like teenage years. I feel like I, yeah, I just didn't have them. I was completely fine. I just moved. I just tried to whatever, survive, settle in, blend in. And yeah, it was all fine. I feel like you're having your teenage years now. Oh, maybe. Maybe 2019 rather. Late onset teenage. <laughs> yeah, it's got to happen at some point. Everyone needs to have them. But yeah, I didn't have them when I was a teenager. There was too much going on. We just moved. Please have some teenagers so we don't look as bad. Like, you need to like, be a bit rebellious so it's not all on us. Please do it. But why would you have your teenagers at home? I was just waiting to leave. I don't know why. What, I, this is why I went to New University, then went to Malaysia. Then all the way to Bangladesh, just just leave and have your teenage years in peace, <laughs> away from parents. You can't always control it. <laughs> but I think I was really lucky because I'm the third one, and by the time the parents get to me, 
they just don't really care that much. You guys weren't allowed on sleepovers. What's that about? I was at one every other day, go out all the time, parties. Oh, it was lovely. Can I just say that was all me? May didn't really push boundaries. I was the one who paved the way. So I get this whole bad rep for being rebellious when in fact I was just paving the way for the next generation. So you're welcome, Els. Oh, that's so kind of you. Thank you so much. Just doing your sisterly duty there, Amy. Yeah, what can I say? (laughs) (laughs) And um, yeah, Ella, let's talk some more about Hong Kong. Because like, uh, have you, so you were there recently, if I'm not mistaken? Was that like last year? Um, I actually managed to go in the summer because I still had my um, residency there and our mum still lived there. Um, She moved back in the summer. Um, So I got to go back and it was amazing because COVID cases are significantly lower than here and they didn't have any restrictions. Like I could go and all my friends were there because they're all from like European countries and they couldn't like travel back to them because of the COVID situation. So I literally just got to spend a summer with my best friends, go to the beach all the time, go to the houses, go to parties. It was honestly one of the best holidays I've ever had. And it was nice because I never thought I'd actually see Hong Kong again after I moved from there to go to uni, but it was incredible. It felt felt like home. Um, so that was really, really lovely. Oh my God, way to make us jealous. Jeez, yeah, what's I it know. like? A place, what's it like when, when there's no COVID? Do tell us. Do, does anyone <laughs> panic when they bump into each other? Like, what what's hugging like? Everyone just was on top of it. Like, it's normal to wear masks over there anyway. So you would wear masks on uh, transport and like in shops and stuff, but it was just the norm. Everyone was completely fine. No one would like bulk by toilet roll or anything. Everyone was just really chilled and just the government had it under, had it under control. Um, so it was absolutely lovely, but I can barely remember those times. Wow. Imagine. Cause the stuff of dreams. a friend of mine's in vietnam right now and she was like she said to me the other day because they're they're basically the same as well there's like no restrictions or anything and she was like oh are you free for a call sometime maybe next week and i was like am i free am (laughs) i free well (laughs) she'd totally forgotten bless her bless her um but um I, i mean i guess do you guys feel at home in in like different places then or how, what What is home to you guys? What a question. Um, it changes all the time. How I thought about it is home is wherever I am. So when we moved to England, I considered that my home. Moving to Hong Kong, I considered that mine. Even coming to uni, I'd say Liverpool's my home because even our family move around a lot. So it's hard to know where our base is. But I definitely say I feel attached to each element. But right now, my home is Liverpool. And that's what I stick with. Yeah, I think um, I think I second that. I think that was really well put, Bill. I I agree. I would say like home is, I would say where I am as well. But recently, I've started to think maybe it's where you know people you love, like you know, are. That's that's where home is. Um, but yeah, the the hardest part is because our parents also move around. Like Ella said, there's no fixed base, so we all just make our homes wherever we go. So I'd say for me at the moment, Rome is home. Aww. Yeah, yeah, I guess I agree. Although I do feel like there's a bit of a split for me. Like home is like where the family is. So over Christmas, I really felt like that was home. But I also felt like I was leaving behind another home, the home I live with, I live in with my partner. So I think for me, it's a bit more split between the two. And I just go between the two, floating like a floater. (laughs) (laughs) 
Nice, nice. I love that little segue there. That was great. Um, I wonder, yeah, if there's like anything in particular that you guys not have or like maybe need to feel that sense of home like of course it's like the people you love or you know you find a peace within yourself but um for me like there are certain things that like if I move into a new flat a new room a new place there's always like certain things that I have with me like paintings or I don't know I say paintings like they're mine they're my parents paintings (laughs) like posters or like those little things I mean do you guys have that so two things so I would say the first thing is a place where I feel comfortable enough to unpack because whenever I go on holiday I don't really unpack I just live out of suitcase so if I can actually unpack then that's home and two a place where I can comfortably make a cup of tea the way I like it so if it has all the ingredients I need so I like my tea with honey and milk and lactose free milk because uh, I'm lactose intolerant so if I can have these two things then I'm at home although having said that Egypt won't have lactose free milk will it mm-hmm. so maybe I can Egypt can have a pass because if I can make a good cup of tea in Egypt, I think that's good enough. I just realised that Amy didn't unpack when she came home for Christmas. I'm just... What, <laughs> yeah. I Ooh, what a reveal! I emotionally unpacked. <laughs> Doesn't count. <laughs> oh my goodness. I mean, so your family, you said your family, like, uh, they're still moving around different places. So where are they based now? Um, so it's really funny when we say our parents move around, people think it's really glamorous, like they do cool things that require them to move, but they just move around <laughs> like, unnecessarily. But they, um, they currently, so they moved to Northampton a few months ago. So we all went back for Christmas, we went back to Northampton and we'd never been before, but suddenly that's where we live. Um, and it was lockdown. So I really didn't see anything apart from the house. Um, but yeah, they're currently in Northampton and we don't know if they'll stay there or move again. Um, but yeah, let's, let's see. Do you think you guys have in- inherited that from your parents, like the get up and go bug? So I think I've gone the opposite. Um, so I think my sisters are different to me. I've, ca- I've kind of been the one to stay like in the UK, mainly London. So I in Manchester, stayed there for a bit after, then just moved to London. Um, so their moving around made me want to be more of a settler. Um, but yeah, I, I bet my sister's also different. Yeah, I was going to say, I was thinking, yeah, it's affected us all differently. So I... I'm really, really, really restless and I definitely blame it on my parents. Um, and I, I was thinking about it. I don't think I have a want for like staying in one place yet, but I might one day. But what I'd like, I think, is if I had some sort of anchor, if my parents had a fixed place and a place where we all knew this was always going to be there, um, I think that would be great. But I don't really want to stay in one place just yet. Mm-hmm. I mean... I don't, I don't really have an opinion. I'm easy either way. If I move, I move. If I don't, I don't. I'm just quite laid back. Just take each day as it comes. <laughs> right now, I'm in Liverpool. Really like that. If it changes, it changes. That's just kind of my outlook online. Sorry, just imagine this person on holiday now. So imagine we're Yeah, but I was just going to say. And this person's like, I'm easy. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, it's a holiday. <laughs> Relax. Just walk around, eat some pizza. That's, and you guys keep saying you need to be the big sisters. Nah, man, I'm a free spirit. Just let me walk around. You don't need it. That's me. Yeah. Do you know, it's funny. I think I share a few of those traits myself, Ella, to be honest with you. I think my older sister and my younger sister 
they're definitely more organized a bit more like they're a bit more driving of the driving force in our sort of sisterhood and mm. i'm quite happy just to sit back and have a cocktail you know and just uh you know enjoy myself i second that that's me <laughs> <laughs> mm. no it's interesting though like that um like you know a couple of you feeling like quite you know um yeah, a bit more restless and then, and then rooted. And I wonder if, um, like, I spend, I don't know, um, I'm repeating myself on the podcast, but who cares? It's my podcast. Um, uh, so I spent, like, seven years in uh, living in South London before I ended up here. And uh, it was the longest I'd ever spent anywhere. And even though I was, like, going from flat to flat and, like, in between, um, I felt so, like, oh, my God. Like, I could actually know these street names? Like, that's pretty cool. Because um, otherwise, you don't have enough time, almost, to, like, get to know somewhere. But now that I've had to get up and go and, and I'm stuck here, I'm like, no, maybe I do need the... Maybe I do have the restless bug. I'm not sure. I mean, maybe it's just I'm out of practice. I, mean, I, I don't know um, uh, how you would feel about that Amy if you were to get up and go now so I think you touched on an interesting point because I think Covid has made everyone restless regardless of whether they are the type of people to get restless or not um and I've definitely been feeling it I mean at the beginning of lockdown I was like I'm moving to New Zealand and then I was like oh I'm gonna go study in America and then I like had all these plans and now I'm actually applying for a course in London so I'm pretty much gonna be stuck there for the next four years um so I, d I don't know. I like the idea of going. Um, but at the same time, in a way, I feel like the fact that my family keep moving everywhere, kind of by default, I need to be the anchor. Does that kind of make sense? Mm -hmm. So I think it all fits together to complement each other. So because they've gone one extreme, I've gone the other extreme. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really interesting how that, that all works out. Um, and uh but yeah, I mean, I guess we'll all see, like with COVID and everything, if what we're all able to do, where we're all able to go. I mean, um, have, you, have you got plans to go back to Malaysia, perhaps, May, or Bangladesh? Um, Bangladesh, probably not. I always feel really bad when I say this, um, but um, it was just, it was, it was hard work because um, of the work I did. I'm not saying Bangladesh is hard work, but Malaysia definitely. I mean, when I was back in, when I was in Bangladesh, I actually took a week and I went to Hong Kong to see Ella and Mum. And and then also stopped over for the weekend in Malaysia. So I actually try and go to Malaysia as if I can go once a year, I try and go. So I definitely have, I don't know, but the thing is, the more I travel, the more friends I have that live in different places. So now I have more countries that I need to visit. And also we still need to keep up with the Egypt thing. So there's just too many places to go, too many people to see. Um, and yeah, I don't know, but I definitely have plans to to go I actually really really wanted to go to Mexico like next month but it's not happening so yeah let's see yeah well at least you've got that list you've got that list and you know you're going to tick it all off as soon as you can exactly yeah hopefully we all can yeah hopefully how about you do you have any well so your parents are in the UK at the moment yes um, okay so you don't have to travel too far to see them this time no, I can literally just walk into the kitchen and there they are. It is really fucking weird. I don't mind telling you that. Because um, also a lot of my life, like my like my teenage years, they missed out on a lot of it because I was in boarding school. So 
there's things I'm finding out about them now that I'm like, that's a bit weird. <laughs> you know, just odd <laughs> habits and things. And I'm sure they think I've got odd habits and whatever. And so it's, yeah, it's weird when you miss out parts of each other's lives and then you come oh, all together. Yeah. And and the other weird thing is like, I mean, my mum's probably going to listen to this, but I'm sorry, mum, they're getting old. They're getting old and I can see it. I can it's just clear as fucking day to me. So that's that's been an experience for sure. But um, yeah, I mean, I think what you said, Amy, that's probably what I'm experiencing. I'm experiencing this restlessness probably because of COVID. And before I didn't really have any plans to go anywhere. And now all of a sudden I'm thinking, you know, why not? Fuck it. I'll go to, you know, Asia sometime or I'll travel to South America again. And um yeah, it's it's that funny old thing, isn't it? It's you don't know what you had until it's gone, and it's just it's so exactly. cliche, but it's so bloody true, isn't it? Mm, definitely. Yeah. And with you guys oh. and like your, you know, your Egyptian sort of heritage and also your your heritage from the UK, um, do you guys have trouble sort of negotiating or uh, those two different cultures together, or do you feel quite sort of um, secure in like you know? being a part of those two worlds so so I think my team years were a clash of the two cultures like massively um especially when we did go back to Egypt to visit it was it was it was so hard it was so hard to merge the two I think it's very much east versus west very much in my head they're kind of opposite in a lot of ways but actually as I get older I kind of realize that they're actually a lot more similar than I thought and it's becoming a bit easier to manage. But I do think when we first moved to England, our parents were very much like English and Egyptian. And now they've kind of mellowed and just become parents. <laughs> Using a lot of hand movements. What do you guys think? I I was gonna say it's it's really it's really interesting because when I think of uh Egyptian and Britishness and them coming together. For me, like the big element is that we're Muslim as well and you can't be half Muslim. And for me, that's been the biggest struggle. So you might be half Egyptian, half British, but you're full Muslim. So that for me was the hardest thing to navigate. And it just happens to be linked with the Egyptian side. Um, And yeah, sometimes if you want to fit into like the British culture and imagine like moving in year nine, it just doesn't necessarily fit or doesn't really go with with the Egyptian side, which is also the Muslim side. Also the fact of being a Muslim, that for me, I didn't realize it was a thing until I moved to the UK. I hadn't noticed I was I was Muslim until I moved to the UK. So that to me has been the biggest struggle, but I love Amy that it's for you coming together a bit better. And I think the two cultures, I always like to say we can pick the best of both worlds, um, but then with religion, that that's another complicated layer where, you know, can you pick and choose, can you not? So, yeah. Mm. I, I think you just need to decide with religion with whatever aspect I think it's about just making that decision am I going to pick and choose am I going to go all in and once you make that decision it becomes so much simpler but I think making that decision takes a long time and it's really really hard to commit um but I think I've made my decision and that's why it's suddenly a bit easier um not to say that it's super easy like it's still really hard there are still things that pop up that you haven't thought about um but yeah mm. See, they're both really interesting points. I feel like I've had it very different to you guys because, like, to me, I am quite British. Like, I spent 10 years in England growing up here and, like, I only lived there four years. So my only knowledge of Egypt is through, like, you guys, dad, mum, our family, when we go back every, like, few years. So it's been quite tricky for me. Not so much to balance it because I don't think it's balanced. Like, I feel like 
I know so much about British culture, but for me, I try very hard to be a very like proud Egyptian. I talk about it, all my friends know, I speak Arabic, I make sure my curly hair is always out um, to like make sure that I feel inside that I'm still really connected with the culture, which I've struggled with. Mm. Yeah, that's really interesting to hear all your different perspectives on that, actually. And um, and it's so nice that you're all like on your own journeys, but you're sort of feeling, I get the sense that you're all feeling a bit more resolved in some aspects than others. And that's really nice. And I mean, in terms of religion and stuff, I mean, it must be quite difficult to sort of negotiate that, especially if you're, yeah, you're still thinking about it and feeling it. But um, I mean, uh, I think I had that a bit with Catholicism. I was a bit like, because I did it my whole life and like I even went to a Catholic school so then um, there came a point when I yeah I had to sort of pick and choose for myself and go okay so I'm going to take a little bit of this a little bit of that or you know I mean it didn't work out for me but at the same time I think it's made me appreciate like you know um, other people's journeys and their you know, spirituality because of it. It's not like, yeah, I feel kind of grateful in a way that I've had that experience in that sort of environment. And um, but yeah, it took me a little while to sort of think, is this okay? And still go to a Catholic school, <laughs> still feel a certain type of way. Yeah, definitely. I completely agree. Like that's basically like me as well. And also a big thing was for me was like, Growing up in England and Hong Kong, I wasn't surrounded by any Muslims anywhere. So I had no idea how to like practice it right and stuff. But then coming to uni, I found a bunch of Arabs and it was the first girl that I met actually. And then she turned to me and I was like asking all these questions. She was like, it is your own journey. And like, that was a very big realization for me. Like everyone really is on their own path and that's their own business. Leave them to it. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Right. Well, that is such a beautiful way to round off our conversation. Thank you for that, Ella. Um, there's only one more question to ask you guys, which is, is there anything you'd like to plug today? Oh, is there? Um, please listen to our podcast, Talk Like an Egyptian, on Spotify and Apple. Um, also follow our Instagram, Talk Like an Egyptian. It's a great time. I'd highly recommend it. <laughs> as would I. I fully endorse the podcast. I very much enjoyed listening to it. And it was great to get to know you guys a little bit before chatting to you as well. So that was, that was a lot of fun. Um, great. And um, is there anything else you, you came here to say today that you didn't get a chance to say? No, just thank you so much for giving us this opportunity. I wish we could have asked more about you. I want to know more about you. But oh, yeah. don't be so silly. I'm not half as interesting, honestly. I'm really not. <laughs> Please be sure to go check out Talk Like an Egyptian on Spotify and Apple and follow them on the socials. It's at Talk Like an Egyptian and their handles in the show notes as well, just in case. And while you're checking out the podcast, have a listen. Give them five stars, why don't you? They talk about all sorts of things. They've got great stuff on there. And um, while you're doing that, why not give us a a rate, review, comment, subscribe. Five stars if you please. And you know the drill. We're on Acast, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and <laughs> Spotify. So uh, also, if you want to queue up to date with all things floaters, give us a follow on Instagram at floaters underscore a podcast. Oh, well, that's all from me here in studio wardrobe. And there's nothing left to say other than thank you to the wonderful trio that is may amy and ella for chatting to me thanks to adora for your helpful graphics and 
Arel for your sound help and thanks to you, dear listener. Ah, it's been an absolute bloody pleasure. Until next time. Bye-bye.